Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to the Mole Hole, to the Gamekeeper Studio in the Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Building. And we have another podcast in line for you today. Sitting, All right. Sitting across from me is Lanny Wallace. Hello. We got Dudley Phelps over here eating on some peanuts. Hey, guys. Yep, got peanuts yep, and yep. peanut brittle. I'm Bobby Cole. You know, oftentimes I forget to say that, so... Oh, you're yeah, known. Your Every, voice is you known don't even, worldwide. You don't even have to say your name. That's how know. famous. Oh, Bobby. I don't know. I don't know. And then Jason Cleveland's over here. And we've got, you know, in the studio, we've got. Our uh, very own. Yeah, we could. Uh, Cleveland, you could. Uh, there he is. Yeah. In the house. <laughs> we've got. What uh, up? Jess Rayleigh. Yeah. From, in the the, from downtown. From downtown. Right down in Road. Yeah, some people call him Jesse, but I never have. I think his real name is Jesse, and then we just called him Jess so much that he just accepted it. Jesse Allen Rayleigh the yeah. third. So, uh-huh. The third. Well, he is a king. So Jess is a young guy that's been around here a long time. He uh, he went to Mississippi State, and while he was going to school, he worked at the nursery, and then moved down here to the Moles Building and helped us with biologic and gamekeepers and. Native, uh, and, and now uh, now he's downtown uh, in the marketing department for Mossy Oak. So he's got a lot going on. He's a busy guy, and we're glad to have him here. The best thing about Jess, though, is Anna. Oh yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, and he's got uh, he's got two handsome young sons. Yeah, very cute. Harmon Charles Allen. Yeah, very cute. You need to say Fun hello. Kids. Say Fun hello. Kids. Say hello to him. What you doing, boys? <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, so let's so let's l- move on. Well, what about this new fixture up in the Gamekeeper Studio here? Is this our where did this come from? Well, uh, Zach Randall sent us this. Uh, I don't know how to describe Mr. Edge it. Boats. Boat Daddy. Yep. Boat, Boat Daddy, Daddy. Zach. It, it's, uh, you turn it on and it glows Gamekeeper green. Uh, that's about the color of you when we kill a turkey and you don't. Bam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cleveland, whose side are you on here? <laughs> Can we use it like an on-air thing? Like you turn it on when we're having a podcast or video or something? We could. It, it, it actually sets it a kind of a nice mood in here. It does. Yeah. It I like it. Yeah, thanks, Zach. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Go, Zach. I had no idea that was coming, too. Oh. Yeah, it just surprised us with it. Nice so, he's a, you know, he's a nice guy. He is. And, they, and dude, those boats... They're really nice. Badass. 
Well, can Ooh. I say that? Oh, yeah. I think you can. They're, okay. they're that good. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you those boats are see how big they are, and you know, and then to get in the water and see how little they draw, it's the most stable boat I think I've ever mm-hmm, been in. Mm-hmm. They they there's a lot of engineering and design in those things, and I yeah. think they ultimately were trying to make them really fast, weren't they? I don't know. I think they're just taking you to the edge, man. Ooh. Ooh. That's a nice, <laughs> nice marketing phrase. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, anyway, thank you, Sorry. Zach. And uh, so what's going on locally around here? Uh, youth season opens this weekend. So uh, I think everybody is kind of thinking about that a little bit if they're not bow hunting. If they have children, they're thinking about This weather is fantastic. Season. It is. I, I love know. it when it's cold in the mornings and by noon it's, you know, Warms up. Mississippi. This, and, and that's some great fishing weather, too, now we can't forget. Mm-hmm. You been fishing any? I have not, but I think about Since it Since last week. Yeah. yeah, it's been about a week. <laughs> not this week. He hasn't been this week. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm sure you got your bow all tuned up, and you're going to climb in a nice big white oak this weekend. And uh, Well, I will uh, I will climb in a stand. Jesse's coming and bringing her bow, and she wants to hunt. So I'm sitting Her bow her. or her bow? Her bow. Oh. Did, oh yeah. did you get a new piece of property? I seen where Jesse posted that. It said Dad's The Ponderosa. Uh, uh-huh. Didn't really, tell anybody about that. I, 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 I need, and I've had to talk to her about yeah. posting. Dad's new piece of property. <laughs> the Ponderosa. <laughs> it's exciting. He's like, you know, got it done the food plot thing. He's been fighting kudzu. He's, He's going to build him a lake one day. I'm just looking for an invite. As, yeah. as many times as he leaves at 3 o'clock, he's got to be getting some stuff done. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Hmm. Call me one day. I'll come. <clears throat> the, the Ponderosa. You know. Does it have any cactuses on it? It has no cactus. Uh, cacti. Uh, that I've seen. I got you. But it does have a lot of coyotes. So right now I've moved from fighting kudzu to trying to battle coyotes. Coyotes. Plural. Mm. Mm. It's not a wolf, is it? Uh, it could be. I'm getting a big picture. He's uh, And he shows up during the middle of the day. So we actually, Jesse and I, climbed in a stand last Sunday afternoon. And as soon as we kind of got situated and got everything sitting together, you know, just right, I just kind of looked up and looked across the field. And about 125 yards away, there was a beam of sunshine coming down in the woods. And I could see something really light gray. And I assumed it was a deer laying there. So I got my binoculars, looked at it, and it was a coyote curled up like a dog asleep in that sunshine. Getting him a little warmth. So, uh, yeah. But how many times have you ever seen a coyote sleeping? Acting like a domestic dog, just hanging out. Have you ever seen one sleep? I never have. I mean, so I I started to think, well, I don't have anything to kill him with. She's got a bow, and, uh, you know, uh, that's... No spot and stall. Yeah, there's just just (laughs) no no way you're going to sneak up on So, but anyway, uh, he eventually, about 10 minutes later, stretched and raised his head up and scratched just like a dog would and then sat up and then trotted off Mm. and... uh, but he's on my hit list. I, mean, mm-hmm. I want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Don't want to mess him with your turkeys. Well, you know, I had that one turkey. <laughs> yeah, one hen. This is at the Ponderosa. This is at the Ponderosa. Yeah. Down the road. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not calling it the Ponderosa. We call it the Ponderosa. We call it the Ponderosa. <laughs> the name is the Ponderosa. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, one hen and she's disappeared on me. And I'm thinking maybe he got You think the coyote ran her off? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm blaming him for it. Mm-hmm. He might have been sitting out there with a full belly of turkey. 
He might have been. She's been <laughs> gone about. She's been gone about two months now. Well, I hope you catch him. Yeah. Are you going to try to trap him? Yes. All right. Yes, I met a young man that lives over there pretty close. That's a really good trapper, and he's going to help me. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I saw. A I'd video. hate for you to get caught in a foot trap. Or yeah, something. I would too. <laughs> yeah. I watched him set one last night, and I said, "I ain't touching that hard dude." That thing. I, said, I have got to remember that that thing is right there. <laughs> help! Help! <laughs> so anyway, that's what's going on with me. Oh, good. So you are taking your child, honey, on youth weekend. That's good. Well, she's not a youth anymore. <laughs> I know, but she has suddenly gotten interested in shooting a bow, and it's making me crazy. That's good. What about you, Dud? I'm going to try to make little Dud go with me. Ah, gotcha. He uh, he has different interests, but we're working on it. I think uh, give me a couple years, he'll he'll be on the team. You sure. going to go to Ebenezer? I think so. All right, to the farm. Check on yeah. them, on those brassicas. Yeah, I hope they're looking good. The, the deer just started eating them, and I do not have a cage in them yet. So I'm going to put cages out. Do a little bit of road work, a little bit of stand moving, get rid of wasps, that yeah. kind of thing, and try and get little dud in a stand Sunday afternoon. That's kind of what's on my agenda, too. Um, a little I, work and hopefully a little hunting with them. I've actually been doing some uh, longbow hunting I hear on, you. on public land. Uh, I've I, only been three times. I hadn't been successful, but I honestly have never hunted public land deer before. And I said... I need to learn how to do this and try to become, try to make you know try to get one and maybe it'll go away. But I, I'm enjoying the 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 hike in and you know looking at the topo maps. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, there's a you know private land you can almost just park your truck, walk 200 yards, climb into a shooting house. Or, you know, I'm I think I'm enjoying the process more than the hunt itself. You know, packing, oh, yeah. packing your climber in and, you know. Getting your stuff ready. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, That's how I grew up hunting was hunting. And, and we're going to talk about hunting. And the trees are so big. Yeah. It's just so pretty when you're out there. Where you know? are you going? Ah, um, you can't ask him those kind of questions. Why, why not? I'm going in Mississippi. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Got it. So what about you, Riley? What you got lined up for the weekend? You going to try to get down to your... Little Ponderosa in Knoxby County. Uh, we might try on Sunday. Almonds, yeah. you know, we're still working getting food plots planted there, and or wrapping up getting food plots. Well, man, I don't feel so bad. No, I was ahead of somebody. We are. <laughs> oh, we are. When it gets November and you hadn't gotten your food plots in, it's <clears throat> well, they're in. They're just they're not very high. So I'm, you know, trying to give them a break a little bit. What are you going to do? do? Yeah. Put some fertilizer on. That's the only thing you can do. There's something we're missing. Not go in there and blow it out. Go and encourage them to grow. Yeah, just leave it alone. Uh, We've got, you know, there's 12 people on our lease, so there's a lot of bow hunters in there right now. So I'm not going to give oh, it, give it, it back on stir. Give it a break. And Bobby, so, you were complaining about us taking this podcast taking so long just a minute ago. About it, you know, being over an hour, and we're 20 minutes in and hadn't gotten started on the topic yet. So I'm just figuring out <laughs> yeah. if you're the one saying it takes too long. He just wants to talk, and then he didn't want to hear what anybody else has got to say. The Bobby Show. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Bobby Show. Okay. All right. I see. I see where this is going. So why don't we move right along, and uh, let's go to our little segment of Blood on the Biologic. And there's been several big deer killed. Yeah. Yeah, you the know? jury team is still on fire, looks like. Looks like Matt got a. I hadn't looked at it too much, but it looked like a pretty daggum big deer. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's the second for Matt. He's done good. And then Jeff Lindsay killed a, uh, 
uh, a really nice deer in Illinois. He was talking about it's the heaviest deer he's ever killed. Like so, mass wise or like body weight? Uh, mass mass wise is what I seven inch bases maybe if I remember right. Wow. Yeah, big big deer, old deer, huge deer. I saw a picture of that on Instagram just a minute ago. A good yeah, that kind of brings up the conversation. Maybe we'll get into a later podcast about, you know, antlers and scoring. And, you know, around here we like to talk about it. We like to, like to count it all. But a deer with seven-inch bases, if he carries it all out to his main beams, that kind of brings up the conversation about how you measure them. Mm-hmm. Because he ought to get a lot of extra credit for that. Yeah, and in their water displacement way to measure them or something I've, like I've, that. People talk about it, and I think that would be the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm the whole deduction thing. You know, I get it, and it's it's been around for so long, and I doubt it's going to change. Right. But I don't know. I've never been cool with them. Just you know, taking stuff away from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I tend to agree. And with then you. you know, the whole symmetry thing. You know, why does why? it have to be perfectly symmetrical? What right. makes that a better trophy? Right. I'm Those are a, all good questions, and we should we should we should we, we should dig into that one day. In the water placement, this displacement method sounds perfect, but it just seems to me that so many racks would displace just as much water. I mean, I don't know how you measure how that. How you measure it's that, Because yeah. you, well, the way you score it now, you can measure it down to an eighth of an inch. Mm-hmm. But in displacing water, I just think that there's probably a whole lot of them that would displace about the same. Not enough difference right. that you could really tell. Yeah, probably so. so. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how they would measure it with the with the displacement. Yeah, mm-hmm. and look, before we move on, we need to, to give a little... You know, we're thinking about you, Austin Delano. He, uh, oh, you know, what happened? Oh, I well, forgot about he, that. He had some hair on the bottle. No, a little close call, huh? Yeah. Where is he hunting? He was in Illinois. Oh, Illinois with a pretty nice buck. And just, I, he said that the string hit his jacket or caught a button or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. Made him hit the deer a little high, but he's it, not even it, here to defend himself. It's, yeah, but That's so uh, now we can say whatever we want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking up for you, Austin. Hey, look, what is, I know what it's all about not putting it exactly where you want it. <laughs> and what does Mister What does Mister Fox say? Uh, he'll forget about it in about twenty years. Yeah, no, yeah, he'll forget about that in twenty or thirty years. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe he'll get back on another one. Or is he on his way home? Yeah, I think he's back home. Ooh. Yeah. So he'll have to live with that one for a while. Mm. But the good news, he's got it on film. So whenever he starts it, yeah, to forget about right. it, you can just play it right back. <laughs> it, so is, we should- it is funny, the the footage. You see the hair just flying everywhere. <laughs> mm. Bow hunting, I'm sure. And they, he he told me they saw the deer several, like three times in the next few days. So chasing does. So it was, wasn't injured. Didn't even phase him. They're amazing creatures, that's for sure. They're tough. Yep, yep, yep. So, so the valuable real estate that we refer to as the show sponsor uh, this week it's Leopold Scopes. Oh man, we use those out there in New Mexico. Yeah, they that's make what some, we're going to talk about today. I've I've had a Leopold Scope for as long as I can remember. They are they make great products, and I'm really happy to know that they're associated with Gamekeepers. They're sponsoring the television show and. I was pilfering through that box back there, and I found some sunglasses that were pretty impressive. So. 
if you happen to be missing them, they might be in my office. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are good-looking glasses. I don't have them set yet, but they they do look nice. Yeah. Little bulb glasses. Yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, I'll show them to you. Yeah, they're impressive. I like all my stuff of theirs. Yeah, uh, quality stuff. And they were kind of the OG folks with the warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of optics companies out there now, mm-hmm. um, but they've been. Uh, They're so dependable. Yeah, they've been there. So dependable. When you look and you see that gold ring, you know it's a good quality product. Right? Don't they have a museum or something where they have like a rifle that was found in the woods or something like that? You, is that not you telling me that? Mm-hmm. Damn, I'm going to mess up somebody else's. I think that's Ben. Is that Ben telling that? that? Yeah. Was it Leupold? factory and it's super cool, yeah. Yeah, and like. They make everything and then there's a museum in there and. Like somebody had left their rifle propped up somewhere for like long time, and, and then they found it. They found it, and the scope's still perfect on it. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, that's a good story. I think they've got a museum, like just the saying that Ben was talking about. It's got all the old stuff that show how tough the products really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what we used in New Mexico, and it was from the rangefinders to you know the scope. What was it the yeah the um, Ultimate Slam, I think is the name of it. The mm-hmm. one we used it is money. Yeah, so that's what we want to talk about yeah. this this t- today is y'all's trip to New Mexico and there's them you know, Southern boys going west. Lots of stories I hope about this. So we're going to talk about elk. We're going to talk about do it yourself. I mean, this was public a land, do it yourself kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you drove out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had a little assistance. Uh, Took the meat wagon. <laughs> the yeah. meat wagons. Yeah. So uh, why don't you? Who wants to start telling us the stories? Shoot, why don't y'all start? Why don't y'all start with how you decided how you were going to put Look, it for tags and not tell anybody else about yeah, it? Yeah, so we know you Y'all got tags. Why don't you start there? I mean, you just go go to their website and put in for the tag. It's yeah. just a matter of knowing what to do and when to do it. We've we've been exposed a little bit to this. Um, I think first of all, New Mexico does a phenomenal job of, from what I've seen, like shoot, eighty ninety percent of land out there is public in the first place. So. It's hard to get drawn. Is that BLM? Is that yeah, BLM. And then there's all kind of different. Lots of national forests. Yeah, lots of national forests, lots of BLM. And there's big wedges of stuff that you can, you know, get access to. Um, so. Um, and is it on a draw system all? Or is it's not just, You just can't ride out there. I, you know, it's hard to even comprehend no. how hard it is to draw. I didn't realize it. At first, how hard it was. We were on the mountain cleaning the elk, and, oh, and the guy that brought the pack horses said he's been putting in for nine years, and he lives there mm-hmm. and has never drawn. And really? they have a higher percentage of drawing than non-residents. Yeah. So they put we that put is- in together Jess and I in a hunt party, and so if one of us gets drawn, the other one gets drawn. And we also put in with an outfitter. Which, which increases, increases your odds. I think from like two, two to, to like six, two to sixteen. Sixteen percent. It's a definitely a higher percentage. I think, said. Yeah. I think this was so intriguing about the way uh, New Mexico is managing that resource because they they are they are creating access. And look, it, when you're out there, especially on those opening weekends, there's just as many families out there hikers you know, campers yeah, you, you name it doing doing their thing and I'll bet that when they realize it's opening weekend elk so you yeah. know, I bet they panic but they're out there hunt, camping and hunting oh not just hiking yeah not just hiking they're out you know out there doing the thing too so it's, it's a it's a real you know it's a cultural thing for sure but I think on top of you know 
the layers they have for it, it, you don't have any points, you know, so everybody's on the even kill as far as getting, is, is getting drawn. If you just put in, it's the lower and non-resident, you're a lower percentage, put in with an outfitter, then your percentage goes up, but you have to spend X amount of time with those outfitters. Um, and why would that make your percentages go up? I, because what they're doing, I really think in retrospect, you know, it's, they're increasing non-resident people's success in the field. But, you know, it could be fairly dangerous, you know, to go out there and just do it on your own. So they have created an industry, you know, around it. So I think if I understand this correctly, you have to go to guide school. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to spend almost like your real estate broker's license out there. Mm-hmm. You have to spend X amount of time with a certified outfitter and then you get your guiding license. Um, so, and their seasons are pretty compact too. You know, they have archery season, I think it's five days and the muzzler, muzzler season's five days and the rifle season's five days. So, I mean, there's a lot of hunters and things going on out there, you know, at the same time. So, yeah, we, um, just from our experience, we've got a, a good relationship with Graham's, um, Graham's guide service out there uh, in Rio Doso. So they got a website. Uh, yes, Graham's guide service. I think dot com. You just Google it. Yeah, look but at the, what Instagram. The guide thing is, you know, if you think about it, it makes a lot more sense. They would encourage people to go with a guide because of the safety thing, right? But also, just regulation on you know, New Mexico is known for big bull elk, and it didn't get by that that way by everybody going out there and shooting every mm-hmm. small elk that's out there. So the guys are obviously encouraging mm-hmm. people to pass on, you know, sure. One or two because if and, you're a guy from that's never seen an elk before, oh, and you, you see a small, but it's uh, on, you, you know, you, especially you probably us. Get I've yeah. seen a bunch of them. They all look huge to me. <laughs> the first yeah. four that walked out in front of me, uh, you know, I was looking at Clifford like, that's the <laughs> one, right? And he's like, no, man, just, just wait. <laughs> I hear a bigger one. I'm like, that's a spike. Yeah. <laughs> that thing's huge. huge. They're so, all huge. And yeah, these guides nice. too. I mean, they are very, you know, very knowledgeable on the resource. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, in supreme physical condition, um, and you know, I think it's, uh, that makes a lot of sense that they could help you through some of those decisions. Oh yeah. Cause it'd be tough. I mean, it would be tough just going out there blind. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it does cost a little more money. You know, obviously you have to pay the, you get the tag and then you pay the, the guide. Uh, and our guide, we had a one-on-one guide and then we had, he gave us a place to stay, you know? So that's how it worked for us. And um, you're learning. Oh yeah. I mean, you're being taught. So yeah. If you plan on going out there by yourself, it it may not be a bad idea to to use an outfitter the first time or two. Absolutely, learn to learn the ropes, especially as rare call. as it is to get drawn. You want to, yeah, that's what I would say. It's a success. I mean, I mean, it's hard to get drawn. If you right. do get drawn, you want to come back, you know, with a with a good experience. That's for sure. So. I bet they are they're super helpful on the hunt itself. But then I bet once that animal's on the ground, that's where oh, serious. They're really helpful. Look, and these guys love to hunt. I mean. That it's almost like when you do harvest, they kind of go through this depression because they're not getting the hunt anymore. <laughs> well, the, the cool thing about Graham's guide service and Joseph and, it, and his old crew is they all help each other mm-hmm. out. I mean, they're a true team. Yeah, I don't they're know what their success team. ratio is, but it's crazy. Okay, so it was let me 100% ask. while we were there, eight people yeah. in camp, eight kills. That's mm-hmm. That is incredible. 100%. So everybody was shooting a muzzleloader? Yep. Yeah, we were yeah. all muzzleloader season. Okay, so let me ask Jess a question because mm-hmm. – I have a pretty good idea of what went through your mind when you saw that, <laughs> which was just chaos. Yeah, yeah. But I'd like to know Jess, who's a you know a, a 
young man from South Mississippi on the coast that's mm-hmm. never probably laid eyes on a bull elk before, and there you are on the side on of the mountain. mountain. Yeah. I've never laid eyes <laughs> yeah. on a yeah. mountain. So yeah. there you are on the mountain, bulls bugling. When you laid eyes on the bull the first time, tell us about that. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, being from South Mississippi, the tallest hill we have is sand dune on Horn Island. So, I mean, that's <laughs> – that's uh, being in the mountains is a is a unique thing for me and a different thing for me to to begin with. But yeah, I mean honestly, it happened. You know, we got there a day early, thankfully. Seventeen hour drive out there. Got out there, started shooting a little bit, practicing me, practicing. I was, was not good. confident in my shooting. You know, that confident in my shooting going out there muzzle loader. I just never really hunted with a muzzle loader. It's always a bow or a rifle. So. Got out there and started shooting a little bit. But, yeah, the morning of, we get up at 3 is a 17, uh, sorry, a, a two-and-a-half-hour hike up the mountain in the dark following Cliff. Mm-hmm. It was what, like, two-and-a-half hours? Oh, this, ain't, this place yeah. ain't no joke, man. You park and just go and go and go and go and go. And it was me and Riley and Clifford, the guide, and, and it's pitch black. I mean. Riley Payne. Riley Payne. Yeah. Oh, carrying I the camera he, equipment. Yeah. He, you know, that's a bunch, 80 Eighty pounds of stuff on his back, so I'm sure no, Riley. Riley. I'm sure know. Riley got in shape before. Of course, he, yeah, <laughs> he just had a baby, so he's still carrying the baby weight. Yeah, <laughs> he and his wife, so you know, it was a little extra tough on him. But he, you know, to be fair, it's 60, 70, 80 pounds. I don't know how much his equipment weighs, but it's oh a lot. man, plus water and jackets and all that. So right, but we got you know as soon as we got to the top of the hill. We heard him bugling. I had him one of those Tetra amp things, which was cool. Um, you could it enhances your hearing, whatever. So, uh, huh? <laughs> so what? Anyway, so yeah, they they uh, they start bugling early in the morning, and you really you know you're going up the entire time, right? You're going, 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 climbing, 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 but it's pitch black, so you can't see anything. You can just feel the air getting thinner, and you're. <laughs> Can't breathe, can't do anything, and then the sun comes up, and you're like, "Oh my god!" I'm up this. here, closer to yeah, heaven. Uh, yeah, right. much closer. So, you know, from there the hunt started. But you know, when the sun come up and you could actually see, you know, the the fall colors out there are cool. Um, but you, you hear them bugling, and then we got in a position. You know, you get get going real fast and get to where you think you need to be, and you know, finally get a chance to stop and start looking around and catch your breath and it's it's a pretty amazing place you so know, what definitely about, not around what about when you saw the saw a bull the first time what was well the first you know we saw 10 cows come out first and then a, a smaller bull well what i thought you know now i know it's a smaller bull i was like there he is, there he is. <laughs> turn like, the safety off <laughs> yeah, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, actually we had i had a chance to to get settled in thankfully we were next to this tree it's on our the whole, you know, the hunts on it'll be straight. Uh, an episode of of Terra on Mossy Go, on Mossy Go, you can catch it. But I actually, me and Clifford set up next to a tree, and they had a perfect spot, and there were five or six cows. And Riley was coming. Um, like I said, he was carrying that stuff, so he was a little bit behind us. So we were waiting on him. But two or three bulls actually passed in front before. Are y'all hearing uh, shots off in the distance? No, no. Yeah, we did. We heard a a shot. A little mm-hmm. bit earlier. Are you seeing orange moving through the? Mm-mm. No, this was in a little valley. You couldn't see really anything other than what was in a little valley right in front of us. So there was no okay. you know, whatever. But there was 10, 12 cows come out and then three or four bulls come out, smaller bulls uh, spiking to, you know, four by four. And I, don't, I, I was, all I saw was, you know, big, big elk in front of me. So I'm trying to, you know, get my composure. But thankfully, 
I had a chance to get on the gun, you know, look through the scope, practice aiming before Riley was there because I couldn't shoot without the camera guy there, right? So that helped out a lot in my shot, I think. Um, <laughs> so you're up there, but Riley still hadn't made it up the mountain yet. <laughs> <laughs> my, Riley was still coming. So finally he gets up there and uh, a shooter comes out. You know, there's and Riley, all, all in total, there's probably 50 cows, 50 or 60 cows, somewhere mm-hmm. between that. So it's elk everywhere. Four and you're having bulls. to wait on Riley. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He, you know, like we talked about it. He's He was carrying a load. But um, I can only imagine what was going through your mind. I mean, I was just trying to get calm. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I'm not the most physically in shape person either, and I'm, you know, trying to catch calm it down, calm it down, calm it down, catch my breath. Well, <laughs> what are y'all at? Like eight thousand feet? Turns out, Riley gets I behind so. me, and he's trying to get set up. And the the only shooter in the in that well, they were all shooters to me, looking at his first time elk hunting. But the the shooter in the herd comes out and and walks, you know, comes out, presents a shot. Couldn't do it. Camera wasn't ready. The just there were cows all over them. I mean, fifty cows in a herd with four bulls, and they're all you know stacked in there. So there was always a head or a cow standing behind or you know what have you. So it was hard to get a shot. But um, eventually they walk off in a little clump of trees right there, and, and Clifford looks at me and said, "Are you ready?" And I was like, "For what?" And he goes, "We're about to run." So we run, sit in this ditch. So there went my whole, I was set up on a tree, stable as could get, had the, you know, the tripod on a tree, three or four points of contact, was just feeling it. And he's like, all right, let's roll. We go, we get set up in a ditch and I'm sitting on my butt, you know, kind of pointing up with the muzzle loader and, you know, the rest is, it's on video, so it's cool. But, you know, again, there's so many cows and I had, I don't know, six or seven shots where you could shoot the bull clearly, but there was always a cow standing behind him or yeah. a head right in the kill zone. Yeah, I mean, it was just always something. But And Riley's with you this whole time now. He's oh, yeah, caught he's right over Riley has showed yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And turned the camera on. Yeah. <laughs> is he breathing hard? What's he, what's he, is he, like, exhausted? Oh, you can hear us all breathing hard, except for Clifford. He was, you know. He's a machine. He is yeah. an actual mountain goat. Yeah, yeah. Up and down, up and down. But, you know, the, the it was – Right at 250 yards, and he's like, shoot. And, and well, the, the bull's coming down the hill at me, and I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't know about shooting him in the chest, worried about it. Finally, he turns broadside, and more cows step in the way. And eventually, they get out, and boom, I sent one downrange and connected. First shot, he took 15 yards and flopped over. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. One the, shot? One shot. One shot is yeah, all it took. That's right. I know where you're going, Bobby. Oh, I know where it's you're okay. going, too. I do, too. Well, let's, I'm, I'm asking the audience to make a mental note that here, here is Jeff's first opportunity in the, uh, to ever hunt elk. First he's animal I've ever killed with a muzzleloader. Yeah, he's, he's up there at all this excitement, and he manages to He's just a regular old Daniel Boone. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Bobby's setting this up to make fun of Lane. It's, it's okay. Fantastic. Yeah, look, man, you, <laughs> we, you, know, you, all, you, don't, you don't bat a thousand every time. You just don't. Well, so so mental note: Jess shot once. Mm. Mm. Good for you, Jess. <laughs> he gone. Thank yeah. you. Very, very proud. He gone. I was he proud gone. of the shot. So, I, I had practiced enough the day yeah, before yeah, where I was, I, you know, okay, I was so, comfortable. So uh, one more three hundred yards. When you so this you shoot the bullet three hundred yards runs off. So fast forward in the story to when you walk up on the bull. Tell me what's going through your mind at that point. 
I don't know, just thankful, mm-hmm. blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really realize how big an elk is till you get up on it. I mean, I don't any pictures no, they don't, don't do, do it justice. justice. Videos they don't do it justice. It is a large animal. We were I was talking about it last night with <clears throat> a friend of mine. I was like, the back strap is you know dang near the size of your leg. Yeah, and the inner loins are pretty much the size of your forearm, or like the, the like back strap on a small doe. Yeah, the inner loins are. They're just. I mean, that puts an Perspective for people listening. It's a huge animal, 200 pounds of ground meat and roast. And I weighed it. It was 22 pounds of backstrap, I think I got out of that. Very tasty, too. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> hope I get to try some Maybe. at some point. That's a lot of meat. It's a lot of meat. Yeah. I had to go buy a new freezer. Huh? One doe, if I if I do it all myself, it's like 20, 25, maybe. 20 30 to 25. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely puts the pressure off. You know, filling the freezer with deer meat. Yeah, I I bet it does. (laughs) When I first bought this farm a short time ago, every single field was growing up with brush eight and 10 feet high. But it went from that to this. And even though I planted biologic with very little moisture in the ground, I was really amazed at the results. I just sat in this field with my wife as she shot her very first deer. We could not be happier. We made a memory that will last a lifetime, all because of the effectiveness of the best food plot seed on the market. Biologic is better seed, pure and simple. Log on to plantbiologic.com to learn more. So if you had one tip to give an aspiring elk hunter from the, the, the eastern the half of the United States. Believe it or not, I, you know, everybody was on me. All the, you know, you got Neil and Daniel, Vanny, Lanny, Ben, everybody's like, dude, you need to be exercising. So I started a cardio slash whatever exercise routine 30 minutes 30 45 minutes a day four days a week before going out there which Mm -hmm. helped out a lot i think yeah i think the challenge is out there everybody's going to get out of breath but you want your recovery time to be Mm -hmm. just like jess was talking about he got up there and then he could recover in a minute or two you know and gain his composure back because there's nobody that's gonna i mean we did 14 miles almost the first day Oh, um, my you know, so were, were you sore? No, I wasn't. I mean, no, I was tired. Yeah, your feet would hurt. You, your feet would be like, "Are my feet on fire?" Mike was like, "Are y'all's feet burning?" I'm like, "I've been burning since lunch." <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Practicing breathing. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you know how fired up a lot of people get over shooting. If you're from, you know, our part of the world, a buck in general, right? You know. That's not just our part of the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, you start looking at it's an elk is a once in a lifetime. You know, for a lot of people, a bucket list thing. So you, you yeah. practice breathing, practice cardio. There whatever. may be another way to look at this. I mean, you got one shot at this bull mm-hmm. and you made it count. Lanny over here, he's got seven different shots he can run right. in his mind. I'll, I'll, and, uh, a, a massive rundown <laughs> chasing after it. Yeah. What a memory. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it like that. Well, you know, it, 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 it is quite a memory. You know, I don't, I don't have many things don't happen to me. That don't have, it's not an adventure till something goes wrong, Bobby, you know, it can't all go smooth all the time. So, so Jess's bull was high up the mountain and your bull was down in the, in the desert. I was, I think, a little over an hour from Mexico. But y'all slept in the same camp mm-hmm. and he yeah. just went up and you went down? That's the crazy thing about being out there um, is that you can 
be in town and like I said, get up at three, four, just like we would here if we're going duck hunting or anything else and have a couple, three hours to get up where you need to be. Cause these bulls are either coming off of the mountain and coming down to feed or going back up. Um, and there's also, there's a huge, you know, Indian reservations and stuff you can't hunt out there too. So it, it's just a matter of, it's just a really cool place to be where you can, um, you know, get in town, get rested up because you need the rest and you need the nutrients as hard as you hunt. I yeah. mean, with these guys, there's no question about it. I mean, when you leave in the morning, first thing we did, we'd get up and eat breakfast and then we'd pack, you know, serious Snacks. amounts of food and lunches for how many, how many calories you're burning out there. And lots of water. Lots of water. So it is It is a once-in-a-lifetime, I believe. I don't think I'll ever be able to go out there again. Well, it was twice. Yeah, I've been. Back-to-back <laughs> years. Got, yeah, back-to-back <laughs> years, you know, getting to go elk hunting in New Mexico. Uh, so I, I really don't believe I'll, I, you know, I'm fine without ever going again. But that being said, everybody, you know, I encourage everybody to get out there and try. And it's public land, too. There's, yeah, all this is public land. You know, land. you're wanting to get up there early and. I guess beat people to the, the good that's spots. The, that's the name another, of the game. You know, there, there were folks camping on the, the mountain that we were on. There were people camping in tents who were also hunting. Yeah. But we think that's who, because we smelled their fire walking up. They had a fire going, I guess, from the night before, smoking. And, and they had, as soon as we heard one shot that morning, I killed. And then the, the three other elk that went on out of the, sorry, there were five. I killed one of them. Those four elk and the cow, they pushed them over the mountain and we heard another shot. So there was somebody on the next ridge over who killed one of the, the bulls that... I mean, it's public land. Not get his public mm-hmm. land, you know. Which, so, I, you know, I, I have an endearment for, obviously. And we, we're the same way. We pass, we hike by people camping in the dark. And I think that's the key to it. You got to be able, on the physical side of things, to put yourself get past the crowds get, get past the crowds just like you know us mm-hmm. hunting public land around here you just pressure you know mm-hmm. so once you get past them then it's phenomenal phenomenal hunting <laughs> i just well, can't so even explain tell us it. your story uh you know my story we we actually started uh a little lower than jess and got on some bulls um that first morning that first day we spent all day uh, out in the mountains and uh, got close uh, a couple times um, and, you know, things just didn't really materialize. This year, unlike last year, they didn't have the rainfall or the the weather. So uh, I guess it was hot and windy. Um, so the hunting wasn't as uh as as good, I don't think because they weren't rutting. It's because you can't hear. I mean, you know how it is when you, the wind's blowing and you're turkey hunting. Right. You know, you, it's hard to hear. So, being hard hard to hear makes it difficult to to hunt the way we were hunting out there. But uh, you know, spent the most of the second day up on a place called Goat Mountain, glassing and finding bulls and finding a herd and trying to find a herd bull and getting in front of them and, and seeing what they look like. And it, it had gotten so hot and dry that afternoon that we had spent most of the time just looking, 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 looking and never really, you know, found a, a herd or a herd bull uh, to hunt. So we were kind of planning on going back where we were the first morning uh, where I knew there was a, a big five. They love to kill sixes out there. You know, what we call that a 10 point, mm. you know, they like to kill 12 points out there. <laughs> six by six. Six by six. Yeah. So, uh, I think um, Jake, another one of the guys, I was hunting with JJ, who I've hunted with the last couple of years, great guy. 
Uh, and uh, just like Jess was talking about, these guys are a posse. They work together. You know, so as soon as I think Jake had killed the first morning, he went on on to helping everybody else. And he had a, a little sliver of a honey hole. He knew where it was. So we went uh, actually the opposite way of everybody else that third morning and drove, I think, almost an hour and a half, two hours. Got out, and I've got pictures of it. It's We're in the middle of the desert. I mean, you know, it was like I was in a bowl, in a desert bowl, and around me were just mountains everywhere. So cactus and stuff? Oh, no, cactus, yeah. I'm still picking cactus out of me, you know. Well, this you, is the day when, you killed. This is the yeah, third day. third day. Well, yeah, when you're running through the desert with a muzzleloader, chasing after a bull you shot, <laughs> you don't really notice all the cactuses. <laughs> Wow. Uh, but, you know, so in that morning, it was pretty quick. A uh, lot, you know, it was still the moon was up and we could hear bulls bugling, made a move and got to where we could see a couple of them. And uh, they weren't really mature herd bulls and then just happened to look over in the next valley. And there he was, you know, herd bull was there and uh, was bugling. And, uh, like you know, I guess to your point, then the chase began after the uh, the first shot. Which was in the vitals, but it just wasn't. It was high and right, that's for sure. So when you when you knew you were looking at the herd bull, when you realized this was the bull you were going to try to kill, did you get excited at that? Did you get oh, yeah, out yeah. of the frame? Or No, or? I mean, I always get to – I have to calm myself down, you know. I have, to, I have to talk to myself. Yeah. I don't think it's out loud. I don't know if David might have that on <laughs> camera. <laughs> but I have to, you know – you know, so couldn't how, calm yourself down. How long from the time you first saw him till you actually got a shot? Mm, I took a minute because it's a long shot. You know, it was over 300 yards and I wasn't, you know, in the, I wasn't prone. I wasn't in the best position. I was, you know, prop kind of funny. And, uh, but I think that's another thing Jess will tell you and I'll tell you too. If you're not comfortable with the shot, don't take the shot. You know, and I felt comfortable with the shot and my first shot. These are extremely tough animals, is the best way to put it. So it was in the lungs. It was a little high and a little far back. Uh, but, uh, you know, it slowed him down enough that I could shoot up all the rest of the bullets. In my fanny pack. The first shot is the slowest. Yeah, the, yeah that's, that's so funny because Vandy was telling Jess, he's like, did he slow him down the first time? I'm like, do not listen to him, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, uh, in the end, I, I you know, uh, it, it was definitely a hunt. So you know. I'm just amazed you had seven loads with you. I am too. You know, I'm a pretty confident in my shooting ability. And did you know that was your last load? Did you were like, Oh, I got to make this one. Count. Oh yeah. No, I fully knew. And I looked up, but it was the last one right there. You know, at this point he had, you know, five holes in him. And I'm like, there, this thing is unbelievably tough. That's crazy. So what's your guy's name? JJ. Okay. Is JJ going? What's he back there doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, surely he's probably thinking, what in the world is this fool doing? We were all, the, uh, Jake said, man, if it wind been blowing, he'd been whistling out there, all the holes in him. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, he just. Uh, is J.J. telling you to calm down, take your time? What's he? No, me and J.J. are running through the cactuses, jumping over stuff, trying to get in front of him and, uh, and you know, and just get him killed, you know, in the, in the flurry of the money. Poor David and. Jake are about 600 yards back wondering what's going on. Yeah, I think it's different than whitetail. You know, a lot of people that make a shot on a whitetail that's subpar, they'll leave them overnight and that kind of thing. I think with elk, it's it's more of a run-and-gun type deal. Yeah. You you, you know, you, you get a bullet in them and, and follow up. Yeah. Keep going. 
And that's the one thing those guys will tell you. Once you start, do not stop till you know he's down. That's the one thing. Because all of them will tell you about how many bulls they've seen walk off and never find again. Mm-hmm. And out there, too, in the desert, you know, we didn't want to obviously let him lay. Um, and you of, probably have the risk of pushing him by another hunter, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, once, you know— we, there's places you can't hunt too, so you don't necessarily run there. All this land is zigzagged, and there's fences, and you got to know where to go. So, you know, you definitely don't want to have to go and ask somebody's permission. You want to try to get the animal down and out of there as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, let the let the chase begin. Uh, so I will tell you, as far as like I, Jess's and Riley's footage, I guess this is to Riley's. I don't give Riley many props, but I'm <laughs> telling good. you, it was good. It is on. It is like the, the highest quality. Yeah, style. it is next level. Great morning light. Yeah, I mean, it looks. It looks yeah. phenomenal. Mine, on the other hand, you're going to have to beat this out as a shit yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. David's on the, on the mountain in the back, and you see Lanny and JJ just, just popping pop up, up. Boom. Yeah. Cut out of smoke. Go down. And in his defense, there was no Ooh. way for him to follow us yeah, or no. yeah. get the shot. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting how that all comes together. But I tell you what, the that animal is, you know, you, we think about it, that's a prairie animal. You know, that, I get, I don't know, Dudley. At some point, maybe they were Gra- tromping yeah, around here up the prairie. And, yeah, grazers. Yeah, so for these animals to be that adaptive, you know, and to be that big, and you, you got to think that thing requires that much more nutrition, you know. But these things are thriving in the desert, thriving in the mountains. It's just a hugely impressive animal. It is. And, and they taste good, too. Oh, man, they're unbelievably tasty. But the the requirements they have on water is what was so apparent to me this time because there was lots of water out there last year. They had had a lot of rain. The bulls were, you know, Jess killed the biggest bull in camp the, the, this year, but the bulls last year – they call them their threes outside their eye guards were bigger. And they said that was because of uh, the rain. And there was uh, there was very little water out there this year. And there doesn't seem to be that much to eat. You think about what yeah, we are, there's all this ag and I don't corn know what and soybeans, yeah. and they're out there eating pine straw. Yeah, grass and acorns. And yeah, it's alfalfa, I guess. But it, no, I mean, yeah, it's just. <laughs> It's crazy. They're, they're, it's, it's a it's a extremely fascinating uh, place and the wildlife there. But uh, I, I I did. There's they have these tanks. What they call tanks. We actually ran into one called the Phillips sixty six tank. So Phillips, I guess back in the day, had created had built these water traps that caught snow and rainwater and would make it available to the wildlife. Hmm. Uh, so you know. There are ways to manage, you know, and I think part of the probably the wildlife program in New Mexico, the way the landowners are, part of that is, you know, giving access to water and those kind of things. It's just so crucial, which is so interesting to us to come because we come from the land of water, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And uh, food. Yeah. And, 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 so, yeah. Uh, I tell you, old Clifford, he told me, he said, I said, you ever been to Mississippi? And he said, yeah, man, I went turkey hunting down there one time. I said, you did? He said, yeah, there was a big old gobbler out in front of us. And he said, I felt a bead of sweat. Going up my back. Yeah, he said, I sat there for a minute and I felt another bead of sweat going up my back. <laughs> and he said he quickly uh, declothed and got out of there and went back home. <laughs> no ticks out there. No, yeah, nice. there's no ticks. It's a, it's a, it is an amazing place. And, you know, lots of, lots of cool stuff out there. So I'd encourage anybody to. Yeah. So what, uh, I don't. I guess y'all won't tell me what area you were in, but did you go by Area Fifty One? 
We went through Roswell. I think Area, we thought we were going through Area 51, and they told us that. We got a, I got a story about that. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, so. You saw yeah. a black panther. No, I didn't see anything. <laughs> we did. Do, yeah, there were some, definitely some cougars yeah, on the mountain. Yeah, we'll tell you the cougar story in just a second. We'll tell you that. But no, so we're driving back. You know, it's late. I don't know. It's 11 or 12. Or we're oh, yeah. I forgot all. about this. We're coming through. Headed, we're approaching Roswell. Headed back to mm-hmm. Mississippi, right? This is it. This is almost late, midnight. Le- 1130, 1145. And me and Ryan right there, there. going down the road and. We're listening to. Well, how are you added up vehicles? Oh, like that right there. We're because he's hitting those. Joe Rogan podcast on aliens because we're in Roswell, right? Yeah. Why not? And Why it's not? Pitch black desert. Real dark. You can see the lights off. We're still pretty good ways from Roswell. You can mm-hmm. see the lights off in the distance. So we're between Roswell and Rio Dosa. Right in Alienville. Listening to an <laughs> alien podcast, middle of the night. And I don't know, Lanny was. I was behind y'all. It, it had to been a half mile or more. I mean, you weren't right up on us. No. I didn't see your headlights when it happened, but we're going through pitch black desert, middle of the night. Boom. The whole truck just shuts down. Okay. The entire, all the power just goes dead. They go in front of us. I just see the truck mm. disappear no into the black. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and you, know, you can't, it's black and you can't see anything. And so, you know, trying to keep it on the road and you hear the, when you get to the little notches on the side. So I'm, Kind of hugging those notches, and the brakes weren't. I don't want to say they weren't working, but it wasn't got like power brakes slamming so, on. It wasn't yeah. coming to a stop, so I had my foot on the brake, but it was taking a while to come to a stop. And it's black; you don't know where you are anyway. <laughs> you can't see. There's no reference point to you know. Here's there's this cactus and that there. cactus. You just feel yourself slowing down a little bit, and power completely dead in the in the truck. And I'm like, Riley, what the hell's going on? What are we gonna do? Roswell and uh, oh, Bessie done jumped in, in the, the truck. In the weird, so I open the door. You know, there's obviously no traffic. I see Lanny. I look in the, you know, see Lanny coming down the road behind us, and thinking, you know, damn, I hope he doesn't run, run into run. us because there's no brake light, there's no power in the truck. I can't get the key out. It's weird. You walked up there, and I was yeah. like, dude, I can't get the key out. It wouldn't pull out of the ignition. I, I'm sure I was just nervous, whatever. But finally, we open the hood. He pulls up. He gets out, comes up, we talk for a second, opens the hood, we're looking at it. We don't do anything. Just get back in the truck and crank it up and fires right back up. up. That is Hank, that is what happened. It, that's crazy. No BS. Anything happened to yours? That sort of stuff happens to you all the time. Oh yeah, that's pretty common common stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> like your truck tears up when I'm riding in it with you. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So but anyway, I just thought it was weird, you know. Roswell, Alienville. Did, did Riley get some video of this? No. Riley, being a professional cameraman with camera, he did not get any video. Just it was all packed up. Riley doesn't have much yeah, good timing sometimes. It was all packed up. That is pretty spooky. Stuff. It was spooky. So did y'all find yourself looking at the sky, trying to yeah. see if you saw some sort of uh, anything? Yeah, we looked at the sky. We Look, there's a lot weird. of sky out there, so mm-hmm. you can <laughs> you can definitely see some stuff. Did you see signs that said Area 51? No, I think from what they told Area me. Area 51 that, is in. Yeah, it's north of there. Yeah, it's. It's not even around Roswell. Roswell. Well, Area 51's in Arizona. Yeah, it's Arizona. They, they said that they— Roswell's where the alien, that supposed alien crash happened in the, like, the 40s or something like that. That's two to, two different things. But Area, the, Area 51's in, not in— The locals tell us that that was made up, too, because the naval station left Roswell, and they were trying to create tourism there. 
Yeah, what they had a Navy station in New Mexico? Na- where, maybe an Air Force station. Sorry. Air Force. <laughs> First of all, they don't have any water, but they got a naval station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Details. Arizona, Details. Right? Golly. Well, you're sharp today, bud. Well, you have to fact check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they did. Uh, you know, one of the guys, we were lucky the crew out there that was in camp, there, most of them, believe it or not, were from Mississippi. Really? Uh, in Tennessee, they were all from Madison and Jackson. Yeah. Well, well uh, so let's go to this. Uh, you got a cougar story. Yeah, um, one of the guys uh, from Mississippi. He probably we needed to have a camera with him. The whole Russell, wasn't that his name? Yeah, Russell. Russell. Oh, Russell, he had a hell of a hunt, boy. <laughs> yeah. mm. Mm. So I think that he got up to the top of the mountain the first morning, and and uh, and I think he he I don't know if he missed, but it didn't quite go well and he was kind of in the dumps about that and uh then they got up i think we're going up the mountain or coming down the mountain the second was it the second day i think it was the third day third day uh speaking of being been hunt, dumps, yeah he lanny was, uninvited me on his hunt i just had to bring and call you out on that because oh, i hadn't yeah. called you out yet yeah. the whole way out there he's well we're gonna hunt together this yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. That. and i had killed and uh or you were talking about we were all going to go together the first yeah, day, yeah. and it didn't. It, we ended up not doing it. But the third day, I was like, "Man, and the pressure can, was up." Can me and Riley just come with you and, and have a second camera angle, and I help spot or you know glass whatever? And no, I think no, nah, yeah. I don't want to be. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, whatever. But we're just going to go with us. <laughs> Got uninvited. <laughs> That's wow. Riley. Some kind of friends I bet. No, this is yeah. true. Well, because it would have added value to the television show. Having a second camera. Now, look, I look. Right. I, I'm not going to agree. I told him like this is a completely selfish call right now. Yeah, but uh, like, you know, five is harder to hide than three. <laughs> yeah, definitely would. We be. ended up going to help another fella in camp tracking an elk he had shot and had to leave it overnight. But uh, so that was fun. But I bet Riley was thrilled that he only had to chase up the mountains one. No, we went all three days. We went. We they went, they they kept on going. They, yeah. okay. We went and did. A bunch of camera work and stuff for advertisements and marketing stuff the next day, and then went and helped the guy on the third day find his elk. So we went up the mountain all three, four days in a row. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get back to Sorry. the cougar, cougar story. Tangent. And, and oh, yeah. Natalie gets excited when you say cougar, don't you? Wow. Mm. Like, go ahead. So, uh, and of course, I'm telling somebody else's story, which I'm pretty good at. Uh, but uh, they were going up, coming up the mountain, or going down at one, and, um, uh, a cougar attacked them, um, and attacked them. Well, I mean, you know, from what we understand, growled and it started advancing towards them. Now how far? I don't, he was. wasn't a growl. I think it was a like, yeah, What would you say that is? That's a growl. I mean, a growl like we a. Got, hey, listen, just does it, it sound like? This screen? is what we think it sounds like. Go ahead. Yeah, if I hear that and something's running at me, that's an attack. One hundred percent. I growl like that's what my dog does when I get near his food bowl. Well, cats growl too. But I turned out it had some cubs, so it charged them, uh, and you know they ended up having to shoot the daggum thing. And what it comes down to, so it was a big kind of a deal. The game warden showed up, had to check out the whole thing and make sure it was legit. Uh, But that's another reason to think about. You know, you might need one of them guides, would you? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing. You realize that this isn't, so you the, know. the guide your, can help make that decision. Now, that had to be. Well, I mean, the guide does end up, you know. That he, is a tough decision. They all yeah. they all carry, you know, just for that reason. We don't think about that around here. Right. You know, I mean, you carry because you carry the water moccasins, but ain't like a, you know, cougar's going to bite you in the back of the head and drag you off. <laughs> yeah. So there are, that's a good example. And that's when you figure out you really are in a wild oh, place. Oh, you're in a wild like, spot. Wilderness. Oh, it's a know? shame that, that, uh, there wasn't a camera to record that. Oh, yeah. So that happened to him. And then he goes, they go back up the mountain the next morning. He gets a shot on a bull. I think he ends, I don't know what happens, but he shoots in the bull. I don't know if he hit it in the horn or he had to make a couple shots and the and the bull oh, falls down. Had and, you been helping him with yeah, the Yeah, I was helping him. Yeah, I was getting him trained up. <laughs> uh, anyways, so they get up there. They, they get the bull. He is stoked. He is fired up. He's got the, you know, he's the quintessential elk head on his back coming down the mountain. And guess what? Bigfoot. Nope. He walks by a honeybee hive. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! And they attack him. <laughs> so, no way. Yeah. And he has to run. With that he runs. Like, okay. I think he threw the elk head down. <laughs> Took off running. That would totally happen to me. So I think Russell had the most adventurous uh, trip yeah. of all of us. And we were in camp with three guys from Mississippi, and you know, as it turns out, they were all out there. They were cool. Was it Russell, Will, Jonathan? Yeah. All, all yeah, it was a great days. camp. And then was the guy from Tennessee? Price. Price. And then we had another yeah, couple Price. that was uh, from New York via Kentucky that was there, too. And everybody yeah. killed a bull? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Look, and I, before the last day. Yeah. Wow. Sure did. That's pretty impressive. Because I think last year when y'all were out there, everybody killed 100% a last year, That's too. Grams, they say you have a 100% chance. They, they'll put you on an elk to kill. Now, whether if you yeah. get the job done or not. So, like, so, Lanny, know. even though it took him seven shots. Right. I was going to get a chance. That's yeah. That would have been my chance. Yeah. yeah. See, you don't want to quit shooting when it's your only chance. <laughs> like my dad said, son, as long as there's lead in there, there's hope. <laughs> I, I bet you out in the area that Lanny, where he was, that, uh, there were other public land hunters that were hearing all these shots, and they were going, what is going on? I thought I was in the cubby rise. <laughs> you can't take target practice on government land. Uh, uh, it was well, speaking of that, on public, you know, that uh, another thing we don't have here, like, they have is getting back to the public land. There's, you know, right behind the camp there, there's, I forget how many acres no, of public land and people are riding can side by side, Can-Am type mm-hmm. vehicles. <clears throat> and out there, there's like just random shooting ranges, you know, shooting in the side of a hill, but you can go out there and just do what you want. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. BL, BLM has fewer restrictions. It's crazy. I we mean, walked from the camp one day and start glassing. I mean, yeah. we never even, we literally walked just. And it's, just people doing all sorts of – it's completely for public use. I mean, Super outdoors, you know, lots of outdoorsy people out there. really cool. So let's circle back to the cougar real quick mm-hmm. before we get off of that. Were, did, were they allowed to bring it down the mountain? Did they have to yeah. leave it there and, and it was like a crime scene and they had to take, take the – No, they had to there? cape it. Uh, he had to cape it and bring it down to the game warden. The game warden took it back to wherever. Yeah, the game they took it back. Things. Yeah, they, yeah, and then I think they gave it back to him after they, you know, did their study and whatever on it. And then they just they have to tell the game warden, "Here's what happened," mm-hmm. and, the, and the game warden either has to make it makes a decision whether he believes them or not. Right. And, and look, these are real reputable guys. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously he's been in the in the business and for years. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that yeah. about it, but but in that, that's uh, the that's the process. Yeah. So Cause, yeah, because it's probably pretty. I mean, they they probably check out the story pretty thoroughly. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
And, so, and that, that, that was the same one. week that that uh, I don't think that Panther was attacking on the that was on the internet. You know, I think it was bluffing. Right. Um, but it was so it was the same day that came out as when I was yeah, went they, down. The, from you know, they, it was pretty close when he he, he waited till. The last minute before he had to shoot. Yeah, he had you know to shoot. I mean? it, it was point like, blank. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't thirty yards away. It was right there. Well, just a, n- another question. I wonder what happens with the kittens. I don't know. He said they were big, so he said uh, he didn't think. You know, they were. I guess weaned is the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah, so they they make it on their own. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's yeah, because the way he described, them, they're about the size of a bobcat. To me, of course, I wasn't there. Yeah, it is big. Except they had a long tail. <laughs> the cat was at 92 pounds, I think, they weighed it. I think they had some teethies on it now Ooh. and some paws. Big. Wow. There's a picture of it somewhere. So, yeah, super good times. Well, what uh, else, Lanny? I asked this to Jess, but if you had one thing, to, to, to a piece of advice to give to a potential elk hunter coming from this part of the world, what would you tell them? Um, you know, if you can do it, you know, use – a guide services such as is Graham's. Um, it's going to cost you a little more money, but your experience is going to be, I believe, that much. And that's coming from a guy who likes to do it myself. You know, mm-hmm. I really do. But this is kind of different. I mean, I've, I think all of us have as outdoors. When you go to a place for the first time, you go ahead and book you a trip with somebody, you know, kind of figure out what the lay of the land is. Right. And then you go in there and kind of get after it yourself. But the, it's so hard to get these tags I guess is the best way to put right. it. You know, it's such a once in a lifetime thing. You know, increase your odds. You know, save some money. It's not. You know, it's. I'm. I'm not going to say it's. It's within everybody else's realm. We're very fortunate, obviously, what we do and the opportunities we have here. Um, but you can. You can get it done. Um, so that and to Jess's point, put some time in. Get in shape. Um, you don't want to be miserable out there. Uh, and you want to get the full experience of it. Practice and shooting long range. Yeah. Practice shooting long and go out there a day early. Mm-hmm. If you you know if you don't go, I say going. I've done this from mountaineering to everything else. You have to get acclimated, especially us sea level boys. You know, mm-hmm. you have to get acclimated. And it for me, it's to get out there and spend one night sleeping. You know, and and activities, and then you're uh, you're a lot more well prepared than you would be if you. Arrived that night and got up and ran up the mountain the next morning. Plus, you get a day to practice shooting and see how your gun shoots yeah. at a different altitude. Because we were at you know nine thousand feet when when I shot. So yeah, that, you know. It's but, you're, be a but, little you're, shot, but you pulled the shot off there. I'm, I'm impressed. That's yeah. the second clean shot Jess has ever had. Yeah. Third. Did y'all eat any good food out there? Shoot. Oh, it's good. Shami. Yeah. Clifford's wife, Shamil. She lays it down. That's good. The yeah. Food. Yeah. So you come in and you are, I mean, it's you're you're spent uh by the time you get in. So it's good to have some some grub there. And they have the most impressive snack counter you've oh. ever seen in your life. Mm. I mean, so uh well this is and, and one more thing, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. This is the real deal, real hunters, you know. I mean, these guys, Joseph, I mean, I can't even explain it. They are uh, the real deal. So, Well, with all this publicity we're giving them, we may <laughs> not even get to go back in the future. Well, you know, it's finite. You know, they're well, you just X amount of tags. So, oh, like, true. Like, Good you know, point. Both of these guys, Dudley, have had the once-in-a-lifetime hunt, so they don't care. Right. I'm still going to put in. I'm, I'm putting in again. In Colorado and everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are great stories. I'm glad y'all had a good time. And the the whole when you think about the you know it is a once in a lifetime hunt 
to go out there and do something. And we're like supremely lucky to do what we do and to have access to this kind of stuff. So, and then we actually got to call it work too. So, yeah, we're spoiled. That was cool. Yeah. Go out there and do it though. Well, good. Those are good. Well, Jess, we appreciate you being here with us. We're going to, uh, we'll keep the podcast moving. We've got the, the Ask Dudley segment coming up. Oh, yeah. We'd love for you to stay with us and get educated about Dudley. I got Dudley some questions for Dudley. I had a whole, a we're whole out of court, peanuts. A whole quart of boiled peanuts. I wonder if the elk jerky is ready out there yet. Well, no. It's smelling good. It does smell good. Professor Food Vandy's out there whooping up some elk jerky. So why don't we move on? And that's, uh, is there anything else you want to throw in about mm. that? Any, anything? Why don't you, Clevin, you, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, pay some bills, and we come back. We will I got to pee. We'll do the Ask Dudley segment. All right. Hey folks, it's Jeff Foxworthy. You know, when I was a kid, my dad bought back the farm that he had grown up on, and I absolutely loved that place. I knew every square inch of it. It truly was my favorite place on earth. And when you're looking to find a favorite place for you and your family, Mossy Oak Properties can help. Visit mossyoakproperties.com to begin your search today. All right, everybody, welcome back. And now it's time for, uh, let's, uh, Clinton, let's tee up the Ask Dudley question. Here you right. come. Once in a generation, a mind comes along, a mind that understands more than the average person and is more than willing to share his knowledge. From trees to food plots to fertilizer, Dudley Phelps knows so much that he has forgotten more than he remembers. And now he gives you the chance to ask the burning questions in your mind. It's time for Ask Dudley. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey Dudley, this is Ben Spiller from over in Pickens County, Alabama. Hope you guys are doing well. Just wanted to uh, shoot over a question for you. Uh, we are looking to clear cut uh, quite a bit over on our family place here in the next one to two years, and um, I wanted to go in while uh, while after that clear cut and kind of set apart uh, a few sanctuary areas um, where I can uh, plant some, uh, I guess, an orchard, so to speak. You know, I was thinking somewhere from three to five acres in size uh, and, you know, even do two or three of them that way. So we both we have both ridges and bottoms. Just want to get your opinion on um, kind of size, uh, location and uh, what to plant. I already thought about some Chickasaw plums in there, but uh, just want to get your opinion on on some other fruit or hard mass trees to go in there and definitely appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, Ben, that that is a good question. Um you know, sanctuary, that, that word came on board, I don't know, eight or ten years ago. Oh, man. QDM or guys were talking about it. And well, one of the most esteemed whitetail places back in the 90s was the sanctuary, wasn't it? Well, it was yeah, called the sanctuary. It was, it just, yeah. That was the name. But fence. the whole sanctuary concept is, uh, you know, where you, you set aside, you know, one or two or three of the biggest chunks you can on your land. And essentially, never go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you know to re- obviously to retrieve game, but uh, the, it's like a bedding area. You know that that's holding all of your your deer and wildlife on your place. They they don't get messed with and feel comfortable. Um, and Ben was was asking about uh, a sanctuary to put trees on, um, and so I don't I don't know. I'm I'm a little confused, but. So what I want you to do, Ben, is create a really thick area 
Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe net, you know, as your sanctuary, think about thermals, think about wind directions. You, you know, you, like you said, you've got some bottom ground, you've got some ridge ground. Um, think about your prevailing winds um, when you place these things and your, and your thermals, where you're going to hunt in the morning, where you're going to hunt in the afternoon. So your sanctuary itself needs to be just thick cover. Uh, maybe you go in and, and, and cut it back every 10 years. Um, maybe you leave it as a field, but let it stay in weeds and stuff or switch grass. Um, thick areas that you're not going to go into and bother the, the animals. And right on the edge of that, you can plant some trees. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you're not going to hunt it or if you do decide to hunt it, you know, make sure you go in when the time is right. Um, and a couple of the species you mentioned, I think you said Chickasaw plum, that would be a good option. Um, you know, in your area, you've got a lot of oaks. Uh, isn't Pickens County, uh, aren't we really familiar That's with where that the Ponderosa area? is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, no, oh. it's, uh, not. <laughs> it's not. But it's not far from yeah, it. Right. Okay. Um, so your regular crop of oaks is probably pretty substantial. So from, you know, late October to mid to late November, you're probably good there on food. But um, think about a lot of early and late dropping stuff and a lot of fruit trees, you know, soft mass like persimmon, uh, even black gum, uh, mulberry, pears, Mexican plum. Um, and for your hard mast, you may want to do some early stuff like chestnuts and mm-hmm. sawtooths. And then your late stuff would be shoemard oak and nut all oak. So, you know, when your food plots get eaten to the ground, they're just starting to hit the shoemards and nut alls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably when your rut's kicking in, too. Um, so that'll really hold them on your place and you can hunt on the edges of that and, and it'll be a true sanctuary. I, I love that idea. Good question, Ben. Thank you, Mr. Know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> Dudley, oh, these man. boiled peanuts that you have in front of you smell so good. Well, why hadn't you eaten any well, of them? Well, you hadn't offered one and now I'm smelling I them. I brought a whole bag of them. Mm. Um, Friend of mine planted and dug those. I love old. Peanuts. I've been wanting to do that myself. And then, and aren't uh, the tops of peanuts pretty good deer forage? Deer, I know we've had absolutely. people brought. Yeah, them. they deer love. It's a legume. The deer love to eat. A legume. Yeah, some places say that the deer don't uh, if they they don't eat them. You know, as, as like they do soybean leaves. Right. But other places where there's real high deer densities, they do. But when they invert the peanuts, flip them. Yes. Boy, you can fill up a field with deer. They seem like they'd figure deer. out to dig them up. But well, there's a actually there's some video of some inversion going on right there. Some peanut inversion. Look I think there. I think folks plant them for wildlife if you're you know in a in a the proper area. But I mean it's an ag crop. There's there's other options. You know, straight up soybeans. Uh, right. Or, yeah. Well, the peanut thing got hot around here because they started growing them commercially, I think. I yeah. mean, there's a little pocket of, I guess, the right soil types here between here and Monroe County where they're planting It's got to be sandy. Got to be sandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess kinda you can like, get them up. Kind of like chufas, you know. Well, cool. Well, did, you gonna, are you going to enlighten us today with some well, did a, you know? Yeah, what you I, got? I have a real, just a real short one. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a pet peeve with me. But, you know, you hear people talking about uh, – Canada geese. We, we all love Canada geese. They're a lot of fun to shoot. But oftentimes you hear people mis, 
Oh, label oh, and call yeah. Canadian geese, yeah. and they are not Canadian. Geese. It's named after somebody's last name, right? Well, no, that's a that's a that's a rumor, but there's oh. um, a rumor. Oh, true. so you even, okay? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but so doesn't matter how many there are. That I mean, if there's a thousand geese out there, a, they are Canada geese. They're Canada's, so not Canadian. No, Canadians are are. Of hockey players. Oh. Or there might be the Canadian River Hilton. But when you're talking about geese, they're all Canada geese. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so it's just a little. And so every now and then you see people, uh, you know, call somebody out on it on social media. Hey, somebody like you yourself. Know, well, I, I don't do it. My wife. <laughs> You, you, you correct gets people on to a lot. Me about correcting people. You only but, correct me. So, so uh, yes, I did correct you <laughs> yeah. at every opportunity. But it, this is just a little education. It doesn't mean anything, but just so people get it right. Now you know. Thank yeah. you, Mr. Know-it-all. Yeah, there you go. That is a definitely a Mr. <laughs> know-it-all thing right there. We just save that for Bobby. Uh, uh, all right, so is there anything else yeah, we need to cover? I, need to, I think I need to apologize to Jess, you know, for, for not, uh, you know, not – Embracing him on the end of the hunt there. I think I did get a little hyper focused. Two or three weeks. Uh, we go hunt together, man. Yeah. It's gonna be cool. I was pumped. I was. Uh sorry. He, he gets does. that way about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it hurts your feelings, Jess. Well, Very since well, Riley's well. here, what about you, Jess? It was all about Riley. That's he really said, worried. Hey, you can go, but just leave Riley. Yeah. And then I also blame the fact that we didn't stop and see Jordan on Jess too, so I'll take that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we've already officially apologized to him on air. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's good, our buddy. He's used to people doing that to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jordan, he's a good one. Well, look, so is there, is, Jess, you got anything else? No. Thank y'all for having me. It was cool. So, <laughs> your hunt, when's your hunt going to be on Mossy Oak Go? Uh, hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks. Does it depend on Riley? Career? Yeah. Speaking uh, of Riley, I, I think Riley's at it. Maybe Ben. I'm not sure. But uh, tonight we have Muscadine Bloodline. And it sticks and strings. All sticks and strings live from the country, which is cool. And that'll be on Moss here it goes. So check that out. Those I've guys, been having a lot of fun with that. Those guys are from Alabama. You're oh. in the woods, Bobby. Yeah. So might know where the Ponderosa is. Some cool southern, some southern. <laughs> I bet they do know where the Ponderosa is. That's, we've been doing that a lot fellas. during this virus. Is you know a lot of these uh, musicians are doing their yeah. live shows and whatnot, and we do that a lot at night. A lot of them are raising money for for charity organizations, and it's all you know. It's just our way of you know having something to do. On a, well, you can tell by y'all starting a thing. They the, the, the artists love it too. You There's know, some big artists really cool. on there. Yeah, Cobb, Craig. I mean, Morgan. come on. Now Whiskey Myers is on there, so check it out uh, if you get a chance. Now's the best time to support musicians and artists. That really, is. don't get a paycheck. You know, don't yeah, get a big paycheck. Not many right live now. things going I think on. All I guess. the venues were closed down for the last. Mm-hmm. However long six for a while. So months. that's on Mossy Oak Go or is it on Facebook? You can get it on Facebook, YouTube. The live version, Six and Strings Live, is on Facebook, YouTube, and Mossy Oak Go app. Yeah. Okay. Live every Thursday night. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Well, Dudley, you got anything else? No, I'm I'm good. Well, good. Everybody, yeah. be careful out there this weekend. Yeah, and visit us at. Uh, you, y'all don't forget go to you can go to mossyoak.com and then you can go to Gamekeepers or Biologic or Native Nurseries or Mossy Gamekeeper Oak Butchery. Yeah, the, yeah a lot of cool stuff. So next week Fishing. we hope to have a, another podcast for you if everything goes right and we hadn't put y'all to sleep. So we'll see oh. y'all.
What you got, Dudley? Well, yeah, Dudley. What's it? Mulberries, black cherries. Oh yeah, we're going to all do- fruit tree sale. Thirty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. Boom. Nine ninety nine shipping. Hey, these are some real cool, really cool trees too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on. Why don't you go ahead and say what get you on? Get us on out of here, Cleve. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast, and be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine, and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.